When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. It's one person coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will. We're going to all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello and welcome to the SUP Daily Coronacast. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Elise Morales. And the Coronacast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID-19, how we're getting through it, and just how close we are to ending this crisis. Let's get into it. Hi, Brian. Hey, Elise. How are you? (laughs) Oh, you know, still inside. I finished making my mask. Oh, I saw that. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I finished embroidering fuck COVID on my mask. So now uh-huh. it is finally ready for, uh, for it to be deployed outside, even though it is still a little small, which we discussed last time I was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, I, so I have some, um, as you know, I'm on Fire Island. Um, yes. More and more people are coming to open up their houses. So that's kind of good and bad. Um, but, uh, some friends came this past weekend and we're going to set up a social distancing, just like drink catch up. I haven't spoken to anyone. I know I haven't spoken to anyone in person other than Antonio for like four weeks. So (laughs) yeah, I went and I had a social, socially distant catch up where I just stood under my friend's balcony with a beer and like I drank a beer and he drank a beer from his balcony and I kind of yelled at each other from like far away. Yeah. That's the plan. Like we're pretty close. So we're, we have like a sidewalk. So we're just going to stay, stand like eight feet apart on the sidewalk with like <laughs> each have our own drinks and be like, hi. And, you know. Honestly, at this point it's time. Like I, I say it's time to get creative with the rules. I don't mean to break them, but I mean like it is, yeah. we're going to have to figure out how to do this thing together mm-hmm. and so like stuff like that is gonna become huge yeah like so i'm excited yeah. for that that's about that's about all i have to look forward to is to talk to my friends eight feet apart <laughs> <laughs> to scream at your friends from across yeah. the street <laughs> yeah. um well i'll tell you that one of my highlights of the week was mm-hmm. the instathon which took yes. place this tuesday Uh, We were raising money for the Betches Good Influence Fund, which distributes to four different charities. Uh, Bethany Frankel's Global Empowerment Mission, Mm -hmm. uh, the the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 
One Fair uh-huh. Wage, and World Central Kitchen. Yes. And thus far, we have raised $46,724. Wait, for, I can never say big numbers. I, listen, it, anytime I see a number on this and I have to like say it, I have, uh-huh. there's like a panic that happens I to me. So I, I, don't, I feel you. I'm so bad at it. I don't know how to I, do it. I know. But, I'm like, I read it. I read it in my mind. Like I understand the number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always um, like four, six, seven, two, four. But, um, our goal is 100,000. And so it's still active. So y'all really should donate. If you don't know where to send your money, if you send your money here, everyone gets a sprinkling. Yes. So it's great. It's 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 really awesome, and we had so much fun on the Instathon. Uh, Fat Carrie Bradshaw, aka Chris Burns, hosted. Uh, Kay Brown of Betches, also known as Kay York City, hosted. Dylan Hafer hosted, who runs the Bravo by Betches account. I was in there. They talked to Colton from The Bachelor, who had coronavirus, mm-hmm. which yeah. is insane. Uh, it was so fun. I also like. It- really enjoyed the there were dj sets and i was oh, like yes i thought that there was no world in which watching a dj set on instagram would be enjoyable i was like that's psychotic that we're doing that and then it was so fun it was like one of the highlights of my my day it was yeah. like i was like i we, i said this to sammy and i was like honestly i was nervous about a, a, a ig live dj set but i'm really enjoying this it was fun <laughs> It was it but, was um, awesome, especially when um, when Ms. Fat Carrie Bradshaw would pop back in, and you would just like just bop in in the little corner. Yeah. <laughs> it was so she cute. like didn't know what to do. It was so funny. But we're it actually was- posting a lot of those uh, videos on you- the Betches YouTube. Um, so make sure you stick like check that out if you're if you missed it. Yeah, it was it was really really fun and honestly, I think the people who watched with us had a really good time. It was a really creative cool thing to be a part of and we fucking raised money for a good cause. So, yeah. What better cool. way to spend your time in quarantine, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get into today's headlines. Uh, as of this recording at 12:31 p.m. on Thursday, April 9th, Uh, This is where we're at. So yesterday marked the new deadliest day for the U.S. with 1,922 coronavirus-related deaths. As of midday today, we were at about 15,000 total coronavirus deaths in the United States. Um, Unfortunately, this is probably not representative of how many people have actually died because if you look at New York City, which is where I happen to currently be, Um, (laughs) which is awesome. Uh, Over the last two weeks, more than 2,192, there we go, numbers hard, (laughs) 2,192 residents died in their home compared to 453 during the same period last year. So probably a lot of those people had coronavirus but aren't official coronavirus cases at that point so after that new york city officials said that they're going to start counting suspected covid19 deaths in addition to the cases they confirm by a lab so it's like it's going to skyrocket even crazier in new york just because we're starting to count more people um and even right now new york has reported more cases than the most affected countries in europe so um it is crazy to be in the city i'll say like uh, you hear sirens like literally constantly. It's it's mm-hmm. really, really, really weird. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not there, but I do live right by a, a hospital. And I was talking to my neighbor, and they said it's pretty crazy right now. Yeah, and this is actually a very natural time for us to plug tomorrow's episode where mm-hmm. we are going to be featuring an interview with a New York City nurse who agreed to talk with us and just break down kind of what's going on in the hospitals here. So I'm like, I, I can't wait to listen to the episode. I'm very I think excited. It's going to yeah. be really awesome. We're, we're, really, we're really pleased that she wanted to speak with us. Yeah, because um, um, tomorrow is a holiday, and so we aren't yeah. technically working. That is true, and it's it's really interesting to see like how a lot because uh, tomorrow's Passover. Correct? Yes, am I and Good Friday? <laughs> and Good Friday. Well, so I've been seeing like a lot of my Jewish friends like trying to figure out how their like the Seder dinner is going to be affected, and people doing it virtually, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting as we get into basically a holiday season with like Passover and Easter and all of that stuff. How that's going to be handled? Um, one last little piece of info for me is that so in looking at different urban areas some urban areas are reporting high death rates but lower hospitalization rates which is suggesting that social distancing is working it's working to like minimize cases um but now viral infections are growing in more rural areas and are expected to surge in the coming weeks so it seems like because all of us have been scared about this for a while. Like, I know even in New York, before things got bad, everyone in New York City was like, okay, this is coming for us. And yes, it's coming for I remember us hard. Ta- I was talking about it, like, I went on vacation, um, like, the last week of February. And I was starting to be like, I don't know if this is a good idea. But no one was, like, freaking out yet. Yeah. And, like, weeks leading up to it, I was, like, still being, like, in preparation mode. Like, I ordered masks in January. <laughs> like, I was, like, I was, like, okay, I think this is going to be bad. And everyone, like, laughed. And I love, I don't want to say I told you so, but, but it's one of, it, but, you know, to some people I could, but I won't. <laughs> um, I mean, I know. That, it, I, and I it think... seems like other, because the United States is so big um, and all states had different laws enacted at different times. It's exactly. going to, it's, it's going like, to happen at different times for different exactly. places. And, uh, rur- like, so eight of the most rural states in this country still have not issued stay at home orders. So mm-hmm. there's not ironically, they all have, they all have re- Republican governors. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that an interesting, an wow. interesting thing? Um, and rural residents are also disproportionately older. So this means mm-hmm. that, you know, they're more likely to be more severely impacted if they get the virus. And this is also mixed with there are just fewer hospital beds and hospitals in general in rural areas. So the fact that the virus is moving from urban to rural areas is really scary because they are just like even less prepared like new york city is overwhelmed completely by this virus and new york city is like the richest city yeah (laughs) like it's like all of the money comes through this city it's Mm -hmm. new york city you know Mm -hmm. like los angeles is overwhelmed by this virus and it's like a city that has like you know, a lot of money going to and from it. There are hospitals in Los yeah. Angeles, a rural community that like is way out in the, in wherever that has like, I don't know, a mayor. <laughs> like, like little, like a little bend. Yeah. South bend, South bend. 
South Bend. Little like, South Bend. They have a mayor or something. Some kind um, of mayor. I don't know. Yeah. It's just so, hard. Yeah, totally. New York also has a mayor. Famously, yeah, they we do. do have a mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also is not doing that great of a job. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Circling back to New York City as we're speaking yeah. about it, um, new reports show that the coronavirus was circulating here much earlier than originally thought. Mm-hmm. So two separate studies indicate that the majority of coronavirus cases in New York came here from Europe and not Asia, despite the fact that Trump always touts his quick response by banning travel from Asia. That was not the case. Um, did you also notice that they stopped calling it the Chinese virus? I wonder, like, yeah, who said something to them. he dropped that, which I thought that he was going to really... I mean, maybe he'll start doing it again, or I, I'm sure he'll pick it up and drop it as needed, but I really thought he was going to, like, dig his heels in super hardcore on that. I who thought maybe... I think maybe, like, someone... Sell us masks. <laughs> I know. It's like they, like, produce, like, all of our goods. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, maybe we don't... just including medical... Yeah, they're, like, also, yeah. like, you know, maybe we don't... Yeah, okay, anyways. Um, yeah. And so those studies, they also say the virus began infecting people in late February. Which is interesting, Brian, because 
my very, very bad flu that I had that I now think was COVID-19 was over Valentine's Day, mid-February. Wow. I remember because I could not go get the Korean barbecue that I had gotten a reservation to go get because I was in my bed with the worst chills, fever, and cough I've experienced in my life. I, it was crazy. That's insane. Did you go to the doctor and get like a test no, for the flu? because at the time, like at the time, the idea that it would be COVID-19 was like not, I mean, I, I, it just never even crossed my mind. So I was like, I got the flu because I hadn't gotten a flu shot. So I was like, okay, I got mm. the flu. And then I was so sick that I couldn't like physically go to the doctor. So I just used, I have Oscar insurance and they have like a virtual doctor you can talk to. I called them and they were like, oh yeah, you probably have the flu. And they prescribed me Tamiflu. So I never got like tested or anything. And I've actually been looking into what my options are for like trying to get tested and donate my plasma. If I did like fight it off, it's kind of, since I had it so long ago and I never got a test, it's like, kind of not an option for me at this moment but i have been looking into it um but yeah i at the time i just i just assumed it was the flu because why wouldn't i assume it was the flu but it looking back the the cough component of it was so intense i remember like telling danny that i was like it's pain like my chest hurts like it's painful and danny get sick at all no so i think Mm. he either didn't get it or was an asymptomatic spreader sprinkling oh, coronavirus <laughs> all, all over the city. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. So I think I'm, I probably am the reason that my D&D group got infected. Because I ate the cookie from Maman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We've traced it back to a single cookie. <laughs> Damn cookie. I, I, it was, here's the thing is this cookie, just so that we're all on the same page, the cookie is listed as one of Oprah's favorite things. So it's like, of course, if someone brings in the cookie, we're all going to share the cookie. So it's Oprah's fault. Ultimately, this does go back to Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling Harpo Studios right now. If she had never recommended the cookie from Maman. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe Rogar the Dragonborn wouldn't have been so sick. Okay. <laughs> Is that your name in Dungeons and Dragons? No, I'm actually Eilish the Tiefling Warlock. Rogar the Dragonborn is the one person in our group who did actually get a coronavirus test and did test positive. Though we do believe oh. that everyone else potentially also had it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In lighter news, because it's. It's nice to do uh, something dumb. Uh, (laughs) President Trump was asked in his last coronavirus press conference if he would consider pardoning Joe Exotic. Um, For those of you who have not been paying attention to literally the only thing anyone's talking about other than coronavirus, Joseph Maldonado Passage Passage was known as Joe Exotic. He's currently serving a 22-year prison sentence after a jury Convicted him of hiring a hitman to try and murder Carol, Carol Baskin, who's an animal rights activist who maybe fed her ex-husband to some tigers. We don't know. It's mm-hmm. a compelling story. Anyway, Trump got asked about it, and here's the clip. 
So it, one of the biggest rating hits um, of the coronavirus, aside from these briefings, has been a show on Netflix called uh, Tiger King. Yeah. And uh, the man who's the star of this is a former zoo owner who's serving a 22-year prison sentence. Uh, he's asking you for a pardon, saying he was unfairly convicted. Um, your son yesterday jokingly said that uh, you know he was going to advocate for it. And I was wondering if you've seen the show and if you have any thoughts on uh, pardoning uh, Joe Exotic. Which son? It must be Don. I had a feeling it was Don. Is that what he said? I don't know. I know nothing about it. He has 22 years for what? What did he do? He allegedly hired someone to murder an animal rights activist, but he said that he didn't do that. And he was, you think he didn't do it? Are you on his side? Uh, well, I, I'm are you, a reporter. Are you recommending sides, a pardon? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not advocating anything. As a reporter, you're not allowed to do that. You'd be criticized by these. Would you recommend a pardon? I'm not weighing in on time. I don't think you would. I don't think you would. Go ahead. You have a question? I'll take a look. Is that Joe Exotic? That's Joe Exotic. I mean, I think that he's joking. I think it's funny that he's like, which which son? It was definitely Don. It's like, oh yeah, which dumb which dumb son of mine? Who's the yeah, dumber one like, that would ask a stupid question like that? Yeah, he's like, who's saying something stupid on Twitter? It's got to be Don. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was funny. Um, I think it's just funny to me that he's like, I don't know about it. Are you saying you should? Whatever. It's yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility that Donald Trump would pardon him. I daughter. saw it and I was like, he really very well could pardon this guy. I don't know. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. I would be like, oh, of course he did. I think if Trump if he was like if Joe Exotic came out as pro Trump in some major way, Trump would do it. But you gotta like there's got to be a quid pro quo with Trump. So oh, Joe Exotic, yeah. number one, is going to have to stop running as a candidate himself because technically he did run against Donald Trump. And his, um, <laughs> his, his current husband, Dylan, is a Bernie Sanders supporter. Okay. There's so pictures of also- him like with Bernie posters and shit. I, did you watch it? Joe, uh, Tiger King? King? Oh, yeah. I like I finished it just this past weekend and I was so like annoyed with the the cultural response to it of like making jokes about these people and like everyone fixating on if Carol Baskin killed her husband who by the way she met when she was like what 19 and he was like 23 years older the whole story I've actually started investigating that like the thought process around that Carol Baskin did not kill her husband and, like, um, I mean, I would also run away to Costa Rica. Like, that sounds amazing. Well, there's, there's a theory that he, like, flew himself to Costa Rica and went down or something. Whatever. Either way, every single person um, who was a prominent figure in that documentary should be in jail. So. I know. I was, like, <laughs> I was more, like, <laughs> like uh, the conversation about, like, making light of these asshole, like, terrible people like he should be in jail but we also like the moral of the story was like they're abusing animals zoos are prisons i'm never going to the zoo i mean my major takeaway from it is like it's we we can't be having a situation where just any random cult leader can start a zoo what about the guy who has a cult doc Mm Antle? i know i know he got he gets like raided at the end but where are we on the status of the fucking cult that he has he's doing cameos right now but Brian, he's on, he, you have he's on cameo. Yeah. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. I'm gonna be like, can you talk about why you started a fucking cult? When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. 
Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So I have some non-coronavirus news. Yes, you invoked this person's name already. Yeah, I'm very excited. I never thought that I'd be excited to talk about the presidential race uh, again, but here I am. I'm excited. Uh, Yesterday, Bernie Sanders ended his presidential campaign. He called it a very difficult and painful decision, but one he had to make to avoid interfering as we get closer to the general election. This came after Sanders had disappointing finishes in most of the primary states as Biden racked up an insurmountable delegate lead and the young voters Sanders depended on did not turn out as expected. So let's listen to Sanders address supporters from his Vermont home yesterday. Here's the clip. I wish I could give you better news, but I think you know the truth. And that is that we are now some 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden and the path toward victory is virtually impossible. So while we are winning the ideological battle, and while we are winning the support of so many young people and working people throughout the country, I have concluded that this battle for the Democratic nomination will not be successful. And so today, I am announcing the suspension of my campaign. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I applaud him, I I mean, I'm obviously bummed. I'm I'm bummed about it. I would have really liked to have been able to cast my vote for him in the New York primary, but I also felt like I already like like I've known that this was coming and my brain has moved so far away from the primary that it didn't like it didn't hit me as hard as when Liz dropped out. 100%. I mean, I feel the same way. I felt like it felt like it was sort of inevitable at one point. But it's interesting, like, the timing of this race and the timing of the spread of coronavirus. Like, I was, we were talking about this before, but, like, I felt like had this, had the coronavirus started circulating, like, before Super Tuesday and we were in the situation where we're at right now and Bernie had, like, just won Nevada by a landslide and everyone was talking about it, like, we would probably have a Sanders nominee right now. I know. It's really (laughs) crazy to think about, like, how 
if the timing of this was even just a little bit different? Like, like what if this had happened when the whole race was open? Like, would that have changed things for Elizabeth Warren? Would that, who could, who Mm -hmm. would have, would it have changed things for a dude like Cory Booker, who is known for being really inspiring and smiley and making people feel better? Like it would have, it would have really fundamentally changed what candidates people were drawn to, I think, because right now people are looking for like a very specific type of leadership, which I think is why like people have been responding to Cuomo so much. Yeah. And I think a lot of the movement to Joe Biden was this like kind of, well, fear about what a Sanders candidacy would be and fear about running Bernie, but also this like desire for people to be, to like, just get like a, a steady guy, you know? Yeah. Like, I know this guy, I know who he is, but would people have wanted to be inspired more? Would people have wanted like yeah. more of a like fiery, bombastic Bernie person if we were in the middle of this? Well, and also it seems like, um, like Bernie says this in, the, in, his, in his clip, he says, we won the ideological race, which is true. I Exit think that polling- is true. Exit polling shows that, you know, voters, despite voting for Joe Biden or another candidate, agreed with a lot of Bernie's policies and ideas. Like Medicare for all is extremely popular among Democrats. I know. And that's and, new. And, and especially in this current situation we are in, it'd be, it's, kind of, it's kind of surprising more people yes. aren't pushing and for Joe that. Biden is like making, now Joe Biden's task is to try to bring in as many Bernie voters as he can. And I know like... There are obviously some who aren't going to be brought in, but I don't think that that's all of the people. And I just feel like, for me, the obvious thing for him to do to get some of Bernie's enthusiasm and to bring some of those people back is to support Medicare for all. 100%. Yeah. Like, or some adopted, version of it. He's adopted a version of free college. He's adopted a bunch of Elizabeth Warren's plans mm-hmm. which is like so are we adopting elizabeth warren onto that ticket though like what's I going know. on with that um and i just i mean i'm not a political strategist i'm just a bitch with a podcast but like, <laughs> it seems like a no-brainer to me to be like dude support medicare for all people are yeah. excited about the prospect of medicare for all and i know I know that ultimately what we're fighting for is to get a public option. That's probably what will be passed. But people want to know that like you support the ideal, the ideology behind what Medicare for all stands for. Totally. And you're not going to excite people without it. So hopefully he'll do that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Joe Biden's potential VP pick, I know that I, made reference to Liz, but it's actually, it's looking a lot like Kamala Harris could also be his pick. Um, Kamala Harris has struck a DNC fundraising deal recently that's usually reserved only for people who are on the ticket. Um, And so it's like, it's a joint fundraising agreement that's designed to attract large donations from the party's like biggest, you know, Biggest money people, the ones who've got a big check in their wallet that they can take out Mm -hmm. at any time. Uh, And the money, this money goes towards her campaign's debt and the DNC. So I guess from running as a presidential candidate before she has some debt. And then shortly after that, she made a 
surprise appearance to introduce Biden at a virtual fundraiser. So, I mean, on the one yeah. hand, he has adopted a number of Elizabeth Warren's policies. On the yeah. other hand, he's doing a lot of like work, like appearances and like public work with Kamala Harris. So, I mean, like the in looking at like from like a perspective of like if it is like of like you know the, looking at the senate map as well however it's like if he picks kamala harris gavin newsom the democratic governor will appoint a temporary democratic senator and then they are likely to go on and win in whatever election they win massachusetts has a republican governor at the moment and so at, if he picks elizabeth warren you know it, the, the Republican governor could pick a Republican senator, and I don't think that hmm. I don't think that they would want to risk that, you know? Yeah, I mean that is a huge consideration. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, I don't want him to do that at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, um, and like he's been governor since like 2015, so like he is in there. You know what I mean? It's not like he's gonna. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm literally Googling right now if the governor has to appoint a senator of the same party. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the likelihood that he wouldn't is hard, you know? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. This is one of those things where you Google it, and the thing that comes up is, like, I'm already, like, I'm blacking out trying to read what this says. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This took me to a page that actually has like the the like the text of the Constitution in it, and I'm just not going to read that. So we're going to leave. <laughs> I mean, if any other like other states tend to be able to appoint, tend to appoint whoever. Their, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know the governor appoints someone. I was just wondering if maybe they had to appoint a Democrat, but even in that sense, they'd probably appoint like Joe Exotic or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Massachusetts Joe Exotic, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the Democratic senator from Massachusetts." Oops. Yeah. Um, well, because there, there's there's currently a Senate race in Massachusetts. Yes. This year. Um. Okay. I think we've we've joshed around enough. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> time to come to the end of the podcast. Um. So one last thing to note is that this week, an additional six point six million people filed for unemployment. Uh, that's in addition to the 6.6 million people that filed the week before and the 3.3 million people before that. So we're currently at 10% of the American population that is out of work. And mm. um, if you want to help some of these, that 10%, uh, One Fair Wage is one of the groups that we're giving money to via our Good Influence Fund. And it supports a lot of the people impacted uh, and makes sure that people who have been fired people you know in the restaurant industry servers all that stuff that they can still make a living so mm. just another reason to check out that good influence fund yeah all you have to do is go to betches.co slash donate not betches.com slash donate betches.co slash yes. donate and you what can has, what happened to com i feel I like it's all co now I do not understand what happened. It just like happened. And <laughs> I, I was know, like, okay, I guess day, we're doing everyone's that. like, it's not calm, it's co. And I'm like, okay, uh, but what <sighs> happened to calm? <laughs> anyway, these are the these are the compelling questions that we address here on the pod. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> all right.
right. I think this does take us to the end of our episode. And just as a reminder, tomorrow uh, we are going to have a very special episode with a New York City nurse who's going to be talking about what's really going on in our hospitals. So definitely check that out. And, um, you know, I hope if you're celebrating something this weekend, I hope you're able to find uh, a way that's meaningful and safe to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Until the end of the pandemic, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Coronacast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Batches.